Hi, this is Dave of the Fatalist Podcast, and like you, Wayne and I are excited that it'll only be a few more days until we can talk about a new episode of Lost Girl. But in the meantime, Stephanie, over at Drinks at the Doll, organized a Lost Girl roundtable that we recorded last week and now released to you, the listeners. It was a blast joining Stephanie and Annie from Drinks at the Doll, Kevin Batchelder from Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV and The Fay Files, and Jessica from Those Who Wander for a discussion of the end of Season 4 and our speculations about what we'll see in Season 5. But enough from me. Here's our Lost Girl Roundtable, which I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Lost Girl Season 5 Roundtable. This discussion is a collaboration between several Lost Girl podcasts, and we're going to be talking about... So Lost Girl Season 5, kind of talking about what are some dangling threads that need to be addressed left over from Season 4, as well as what our hopes and expectations are for Season 5. And we might talk a little bit at the end about a little speculation, maybe talk a little bit of what we've seen in some of the promotional materials that have been released. But we've got several people here from a bunch of different podcasts, so let's let everybody introduce themselves. I'll go ahead and start. My name is Stephanie. And I'm from the Drinks at the Doll podcast. How about you go next, Kevin? Hi, everybody. Kevin Batchelder from the Fay Files and tuning into Sci-Fi TV. Uh, my name is Dave, and I'm with Fatalist, a uh, Lost Girl podcast that I do with my buddy Wayne. Hi, I'm Annie. I'm from Drinks at the Doll. I'm Jessica, and I'm from Those Who Wander. So let's start off by talking about some of the, the big plot threads that are left over from season four, which I think the, the thing people are most worried about is Kenzie. Am I, am I fair in saying that, do you think? Hallelujah to that. <laughs> yeah, I know Kevin in particular has got a big stake in this, but a lot of people do, right? <laughs> Kenzie's, Kenzie's a favorite character of a lot of folks. But, I mean, it, what are people's thoughts about Kenzie? Do we think that she's coming back? What, what, do, what do you think, Jessica? Oh, she's so coming back. Like, but I feel like that's their big, like, ace up their sleeve. Like, but I'm very, like, I don't know. I feel like they could just bring her back, like, in the first episode, or they could, like, really drag it out. Like, I don't know how, what the, if there's going to be a lot of middle ground. You know, w- one of the things that I-, I guess I'm noted for is that, to me, dead is dead. And I know that's the contrary view. And look, as much as I love Kenzie and I really want her to come back, I, I almost would love if the writers left it where it is of course that's not going to happen we we all know that but uh and they did certainly set it up well with her laying out the plan for how Bo was going to come to Valhalla and get her but I don't know on, on, on the one hand that that's certainly something that wouldn't disappoint me too much on one level yeah, I had a feeling Dave might have some strong opinions about this because I, I heard the episode you did about the tendency on genre shows to bring back characters and how you don't particularly like that that tendency. And, and I agree with you. I, I think if you use it too much, it just cheapens these big emotional moments. And so, I, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, they seem to make some clear overtones that they're they're gonna bring her back. So yeah, I agree. I, I feel like it's going to happen regardless of of whether we'd prefer it to or not. Yeah, I agree. But um, I also see what you're saying, Dave. Uh, that the bringing back from the dead sci-fi fantasy trope is overused too much. But I was kind of giggling internally as I was listening to you because I'm imagining Kevin's horrified expression. Uh, <laughs> you know, <so laughs> but. Um, but yeah, I think just the I've 
just her various fan opinions. Oh, it could happen right away. It could happen. We could have to wait until episode eight. But I personally don't hope that it takes half the season. I'd like to see her back sooner than later rather than later. Well, but we'll see. One of the things I've had to do is stay away from IMDb. Because it tells you how many episodes the, the characters are in. So I, I, I've tried to stay as spoiler-free as possible. So uh, I don't even want to know if, if Cassini Solo's working on a movie. Because that might impact what I think. Yeah, they certainly have done a good job so far of uh, keeping that information down. Set photos haven't included her. Uh, she's been much more active on the convention circuit to create the image that maybe she's not working, certainly on Lost Girl. Um, and, and, you know, anybody who's listened to me on any of my podcasts knows how over-the-top crazy I am for Kenzie. So it's hard for me to be objective on this point. But uh, you know, the point is, and we've talked about it a lot on Twitter, too, many of the Lost Girl fans, you don't want to make it a cheap death. These writers are pretty good. So I don't expect her back soon. Now, what soon is could be an entire part of our discussion later. But uh, especially where this is going to turn out to be the final season, I do think that even if they were going to take the really tough road and not bring her back at all or not till very late i think that might have changed based on the fact that this is a final season but what that means uh, it's a roll of the dice but I, I i don't want a cheap death as much as i love the character and would love to see her first episode i just don't see them doing it it's going to take a while i think so I guess something that both Jessica and Annie kind of touched on and you, Kevin, is what do we think is going to take timeline-wise to bring Kenzie back? Do we think they're going to – we're going to see Kenzie within the first couple of episodes? Do we think we won't see her till the end? Like what, what is your thoughts on that, Kevin? Well, there's two angles I take. One is what does – Kevin the viewer want and what does Kevin the longtime <laughs> genre TV fan who likes you know good storytelling I, I if you ask me to bet the house that whole idea I'm thinking it's going to be several episodes before we even get a glimpse of her potentially not till five six seven episodes in um, and especially where they're breaking it into two eight episode airing bunches um, that just makes a lot of sense for a dangling you know cliffhanger is seeing Kenzie or saving her you know, come episode seven or eight of this first set or leaving that hanging. So, I mean, I, I really do think it's going to be at least a half a dozen episodes in, which will break my heart, but I, I do love the show. So it'll, you know, it'll be a tough balance. Dave, did you mention what you thought the timeline might be? Well, you know, I, I kind of agree with Kevin. I don't think it's going to take quite that long, given though that they now have 16 episodes instead of 13. You know, I, I guess on the one hand, they could afford to go a little longer, but I'm almost wondering, are, are we going to see uh, scenes with her in Valhalla contrasted against scenes with Bo and Dyson putting together a team to go get her? Yeah, that was kind of my thought, was that they might not bring get the gang back together, so to speak, very quickly, but we might see Kenzie wherever she's at, in Valhalla, wherever, and then see Bo, etc., trying to get her back. Now, what about if we see her in Valhalla with Hale? Oh, <laughs> Wish, wishful thinking. I don't know. I, I think that I think it's going to be a few episodes before we see Kenzie. Um, I don't know. It seems to be the trope that it's like at least three-ish is average. So like I said, I, I'd hope it would be a like it's like that's always the climax of like the second or the third episode after a major character death. And at the very last two minutes, the character re returns from the dead or something. And then they have to deal with the fallout from that. 
But I think if they wait until like episode eight, it'd be stretched out almost too much, depending on how it's written, that people might get impatient. So I don't know. That's just my opinion. I feel like if she's not in Valhalla, then it's going to take longer for us to see her. Like maybe that's where they go first, but maybe she isn't really there, you know? So I think that kind of weighs in on it too, is where is she exactly? Right. Is Hale with her? Well, I mean, we see that scene where Tamsin's sitting outside the gate. Uh, It's not spelled out for us that that's Valhalla, but you know, I think certainly that's the implication. Yeah. Right. But then uh, this is a question that I have too, is Tamsin then says like, Kenzie's gone. Yeah, that's my big yeah. thing. Is I'm like, what yeah. does that mean, though? Like, is she there? Did she make it or not? I don't think she did with that slight hint. Yeah, that just complicates things. But this was also, I think, when they wrote this and all, wasn't this before they knew it was final season time, I'm thinking? So, again, I, I'm really curious. I, I think they you know, are going to have to retcon a couple of things they might have already planned. So that's why I'm very curious how they're going to approach it. I mean, as much as I love her, I got to admit, and many of us certainly, and many of the fans, um, her death, I mean, that was impactful. That physically hurt for me um, to see that happen. And again, while I'd love to see her back, I I hope it isn't a simple reset because I I have more respect for the show, I think, than that. So I would be disappointed if it was too easy or too quick. No, just because I said it might be a less number of episodes than what you think, Kevin, I don't think they'd make it easy in any sense the writers um you know i i i think they're good writers and they'll make it more complicated than that i just don't want to i let's just i personally don't want it to last eight episodes i'd be like can we end with the torture already but that's just me oh oh heck i mean hey they could bring in (laughs) that's me the fan yeah. Doctor Who on the TARDIS saving her a moment before she <laughs> killed herself. I'm okay, but yeah, I just think there's there's more there to the show, which I respect. And, and you know, I want to have a good feeling about it, even if it hurts a little, because that's good TV. I mean, in today's world, and you said it, Dave, dead is supposed to be dead. And, and if it's too cheap or simple, then the respect I have might dwindle a bit for the show. Right. And I'm not even sure if you think about it, which death scene was more emotional, you know, her grieving over Hale's dead body or her turning, looking back and then walking into into hell. Well, to me, they were both pretty equally emotional. I know to Stephanie they weren't, but <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> they like to tease me that I don't have feelings. I have feelings. <laughs> you just don't share them as much on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they were just very different because, you know, Hales was so tragic and Kenzie got to be all heroic. So, But they were both very emotional and sad and, and impactful just in different ways. But I, I'm, I'm intrigued by Kevin's idea about using Kenzie, like first appearance of Kenzie as the cliffhanger between the two sections of the season. While I don't really like that idea because I want to see Kenzie sooner, of course. I can see where that might be an interesting way for the writers to play it. Did they yeah. know that this was going to be the last season when they were writing initially, or did they add on those episode, those three extra episodes later because they were like, oh, wait, this is going to be it for us? Because that would have a lot of impact, I would think, as well on when they're going, when we're going to see her. I, I haven't seen any official word that they knew this much sooner than uh, the time we got the announcement in the video from Anna. Now, they probably might have known a little earlier from a producer's point of view, but this normally these the writings of these episodes several months in advance 
that, that would have been six, seven, eight months ago. So I don't think they knew when they put you know that death scene on there that uh, this one was going to be the last. Now, it certainly could be a very strong hunch. That was the end of season four. Not many shows go beyond five. So you know, I'm sure they were smart enough to realize there was a chance of that. Uh, but I don't think they knew. So that's why I do think there was a bit of a, I, don't, I won't say a backpedal, but there was a, okay, gang, we need to kind of rethink what we're doing if this is going to be our last. Right. And, you know, in terms of dragging it out, I mean, we still got Bo's father to deal with, and, and they've dragged that out for quite a long time as well. Yeah, and I, I'm not entirely sure where they're, I mean, I know we're going to deal with that in, in season five, but I'm not entirely sure if what they're going to do with that exactly, if they're going to make that storyline stretch the whole season, if they're going to deal with it more immediately in the beginning. I don't know. What, what, is, what is your sense about it, Dave? Well, I really think that's going to be the focal point of season five. I, I think it's going to come down to Bo having to come face to face with her father. And uh, it, I, look, all indications are he's evil. And I'm going to keep going under that assumption and that she is going to have to, again, put together a team and and it's going to take the light and the dark. Uh, I think it's going to take the bulk of the season. So do you think it it sounds like you're saying maybe the light and dark might have to come together uh, to defeat him or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Interesting. I hadn't considered that. Well, this is my thought about, I always kind of think, uh, with Apiripus and with Kenzie, that those things are kind of intermingled. That I think that Kenzie's not in Valhalla, and that you know, Daddy Darko has her, or has her, you know. So that's my thought. And, and that's why Tamsin says what she says. Then I guess. Yeah. And that, what better way to lure Bo to his side, you know, the Apiripus, than by holding, you know. One of the people that she loves the most hostage were saying, I'm not going to release her to her. I'm not going to bring her back unless you join me. So could be something like that. Yeah, I'd be curious because uh, I can see a couple different avenues for the season being one, like we're just talking about now. It's the big epic find a way to have to unite or at least align the light and the dark with Bo kind of leading it to to save the world idea. You know, epic way to go out. Guns a blazing. Um or if they're going to deal a little bit with the Daddy and Kenzie thing fairly early, you know, within the first six or eight episodes to to turn the back half of the season into a little more um, of the bringing back a lot of what we had in the early seasons, a little more of the story of the week. Yeah, you know, I'm fighting for the words. I don't want to say the true lost girl. But to me, the idea of these bigger story arcs, certainly season three and towards season four, kind of took away some of that. Uh, the energy of what I used to think Lost Girl of, a little on the lighter side, a little more fun. Um, so that's why I can see it going one way or the other, but without it being anywhere in between. Well, you know, I mean, with 16 episodes, again, you do have at least some chance for the case of the week, so to speak. But again, you know what your last episodes or uh, your last season. So, Well, I think there'll be a little room, a little room for the case of the week stuff because – if anybody saw the teaser that they showed at Fan Expo, that very much looked like Case of the Week stuff, and it was very lighthearted. So I was like, oh, okay, well, because didn't hit did anything we, did about Did we not want to talk about teasers in the beginning part here? <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. No, no, I'm I asking the group. It, I was saying it vaguely. Did you have anything, Jess, that you wanted to add about the Wanderer story arc, how you thought that might go? 
Oh no, I just, I keep re-watching season four so many times and I'm like, every time I think I have it, like, I have a good handle on it, I'm like, nope, nope, because it could also be this. So I just can't wait to see what, where they choose to go with it. I don't know about you folks, but I'm very, one thing I know I'm going to do, or I hope to do, and I, I think Dave will be aligned with me on this, is because of all of this, I'm going to work very hard not to be looking at plot summaries or episode titles. Uh, I know I'll tend to, like any other fan, you know, be looking forward to the trailer for the next app or, you know, usually one or two eps out, they've got the little, you know, couple sentence summary. But I really don't want to know because there's too many things that I think are, and you hit it on it right there, Jess, there's so many things in play that it kind of would take away some of the fun if I know too much too soon. So going back a little bit to what we were talking about in regards to Tamsin, her taking Kenzie's soul to Valhalla, but then saying she's, you know, Kenzie's gone. I'm curious if, if Tamsin actually ever delivered Kenzie's soul to Valhalla, if she delivered Rainer's soul to Valhalla and what that means for her place among the Valkyrie. Cause we, we had the impression that she had been exiled from, from, being a Valkyrie because she didn't take Rainer's soul to Valhalla like she should have. She gave it to Trick. And I'm curious where that storyline might go in, in season four. Well, I mean, I guess we're still supposed to be operating under the assumption that this is her last life, right? Yes. And you know how, I guess this is as good a time as any, you know how Kevin feels about Kenzie. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's how I feel about Tamsin. Okay. <laughs> just, getting, good to just, know. just getting that out there. <laughs> Sweet. Well, I th- I think that um yeah, I don't know. I kind of forgot about Rainer because anybody who listens to the podcast knows how I feel about Rainer, so I, I hate to say it, but I could kind of care less. But I'm like, oh, if his soul got delivered, okay, that's fine. If but this is about eh. how it affects Tamsin, Amy. Annie, so you know Well, he wasn't <laughs> mentioned, so I thought I didn't even think of that point. I mean, she was only talking about Kenzie, but with Kenzie's soul, I think, and we saw her take Kenzie, presumably up to Valhalla. But with Kenzie, I think it's just like, you know, losing it in the mail. She, it got lost along the way. I think something or somebody stole Kenzie from Tamsin on the way to Valhalla. And that's why she said what she said, that she's lost or she's gone. So I got to tell you, I love that theory. That Kenzie's nope. not in Valhalla? Yeah. Mm. And, and that somebody took her. Yeah, that could give them a chance to tie together a few of these dangly storylines, absolutely. Well, you know, the other thing that's been so interesting about Tamsin for me is that while she's dark, she's had so many of the light sensibility. You know, almost from when we first saw her at the boxing ring with Dyson. But I also saw a big, or at least I thought I saw a good shift when she was, you know, if you will, reborn again now in the new body or whatever you want to call it. Um you know, right down to, you know, Kenzie babysitting and all that stuff. I, I'm wondering if she's now got an opportunity to align much more with Bo. Right now that Kenzie's not here. Sure. Yeah, I think Bo might trust her more and see any allies she can get to get Kenzie back. And now that Tamsin has really uh, developed a friendship and bonded with Kenzie more since Kenzie kind of raised little Tam Tam, which I thought it was so, uh, you know, heartbreaking to me when Tamsin runs to Kenzie first when we see her body. So, um, yeah, I think Bo and Tamsin are going to be a dang good team busting down the gates of Valhalla. Yeah, because that's one of the other story bits is how, how do we feel, you know, Bo, the, that vacuum left by Kenzie, how is Bo going to fill that? 
I mean, who's going to kind of, is she going to have a buddy? Is she going to get even more uh, separate from, you know, Dyson and the rest of the folks or, or, or what? That's going to be a very interesting dynamic, I think, from a writing point of view. Well, there could just be a lot more docubus sex, but that's just me. That's a record for her. It's taken a while for her to mention it. <laughs> well, no one's mentioned Lauren yet, and that's Lauren's my, you know, Kenzie. <laughs> well, I kind of think that Tamsin is in a good position to fill in the Kenzie void from what we saw of her relationship with Bo toward the end of season four. I'm thinking especially of in, in Dark Horse, where Bo's kind of having a pity party. And Tamsin's just like, snap out of it. You know, she she yeah. definitely has a different feeling. The relationship has a different quality to it than Bo and Kinsey's. But I feel like she's the most likely to be put in that position to kind of be Bo's buddy to go take on cases and do stuff. I mean, you know, we could also see Bo as this isolated figure who feels like she's got the weight of the world on her shoulders. I mean, we already saw it. And I, I just loved it. The relationship development between Lauren and Dyson, especially, uh, you know, how they, it's like we realize we're, we're, you know, in the same boat here. And, and maybe we'll see the three of them, Lauren, Dyson and Tamson, almost having to help from afar as, as Bo isolates herself. Yeah, that's I, a good point. Yeah. I hope we don't see that, though, because I feel like that's what we got in season four was Bo isolating herself from her friends and it didn't go well. So I'm hoping Bo learned from that and we'll we'll go back to being collaborative. But but what do you think, Jessica? We haven't heard much from you on Tamsin's front. Um, oh, I love the, the Tamsin-Bo friendship dynamic. I don't like the coupling dynamic of them, but I do like I feel like Bo needs someone to kind of call her out on her stuff. Like everybody else, like Lauren sacrifices everything for Bo. Dyson sacrifices everything for Bo. And like even Kenzie, she just goes along with everything. So I think that it's nice that there's somebody there that's like, hey, you know, you aren't like you are the top of the top, but you need to act that way. Like she doesn't take her crap. And I think that's a really nice dynamic between those two. So, yeah, I'd like to see her kind of move up and she couldn't take Kenzie's place. But I would like to see her in that sort of like closer friendship sort of role where it's more of like a platonic thing yeah see i i definitely think that could be a great way to get some of that uh, that team the scooby gang dynamic back uh, as yeah. you were saying if if tamsin is very much you know telling the truth telling like it is to Bo and lauren and dyson are realizing that Bo needs to support then the four of them working towards you know the quest for kenzie um that idea brings back, I think, some of that excellent dynamic. And if they end up with an epic uh, bad guy to have to take on, all the better. That certainly gets us back to a lot of what we uh, very much enjoyed some, from some of the earlier seasons, less of the disjointed bow uh, kind of separate from the group. I also wouldn't mind seeing what's considered a, a totally unexpected coupling that, that maybe it ends up being somebody like Evany who works with Bo to do whatever has to be done. That would be very unexpected. She's so self-involved. I would be very surprised. But at the same time, she, you know, she is she's somebody we should talk about because she's in a very vulnerable position right now, being being having been made human by Lauren. So, so yeah, what are what are people's ideas about 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 her situation and where they might take that? Um, Jessica, do you have any any thoughts about about the Morrigan? Oh man, I don't know. It's like, I feel like she's going to do everything even as a human to stay in that position of power. And it's going to be hard because now she doesn't have any powers to back it up. But at the same time, she's just, 
She's got the sass and the like the know-how to, you know, perhaps stay somewhat in that position. So I don't know. I feel like like I've read things and people are like, there's gonna be a new Morgan, but I'm like, I don't know. Like I feel like she's maybe gonna do whatever. But that's another thing. Then you bring Lauren into the mix and it's like, is she gonna feel bad? Is she gonna turn her back? And since we know that Lauren has the ability, this is my like big thing. I'm like, Lauren has the ability and the know-how to turn someone Faye now. Just turn yourself Faye and then you can be with Bo forever. That's my feeling on that. And if we get Kenzie back, good. Turn her Faye too and then everybody has a happy ending. Yes. (laughs) No. I want everybody happy together forever. (laughs) I know that's that's my fan thing. (laughs) Yeah. Eternal docubus sex. I like that. Exactly. (laughs) I'm totally with Annie on that. (laughs) Now, did Lauren tell Bo that she's going to stay with Evany in the dark? She... She applied to me in Dark Horse that she was staying with with her to take care of her, to take care of the Morgan because she had been, you know, her cheat had been sucked and she wasn't, she was very vulnerable and kind of not well. And so definitely that was implied. But as far as if she was going to stay aligned, it's sort of like a ward of the dark, working for the dark as she had. I don't know if they said that specifically. To kind of go back to what Jess was saying, I mean, I, I agree. I, I think she's, Evany's going to do whatever it takes to stay in power. And I think mm-hmm. that's why I think that she's going to certainly align the dark with the light up against Bo's father. I'm, I'm still holding to that theory. But that's why I could also see her working with, with Bo, just kind of, you know, two powerful figures working together. Or even Lauren kind of telling Ebony, I can get you back to what you were, but you've got to help us get to somewhere else. See, that whole plot in regards to Lauren and clearly she had a long game with defaying Ebony, turning her human, because that took some planning. We see her start that that plan in 406, and she doesn't actually execute it until 412. And I'm kind of curious what her plan was, and if she has anything, any further plans now that she's done it. Annie, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I think her plan was always to take the threat away from Bo that Ebony was. Um, as she said, she did everything for her. So I, I don't know about the details, but yeah, now that would be kind of weird if she turned her back. But I think Evany, like Jess was saying, is so that so charismatic, and you know that she'd still find a way to be in the game. And maybe she holds some crucial piece of the puzzle of from being the Morgan or on the dark with the Dark Fae to getting Kenzie back or something. That Bo has to be forced to work with her. I don't know. I mean, it just seems like a lot of the bite has been taken out of Ebony and the Dark, even before Lauren turned her human. Yeah, cause it, and I can see... Do you think that's a bad thing, I guess I should ask first? No, I don't. Okay. Yeah, because I feel like in the beginning, it was more... It, it, even though they've been trying to say all along that the the light and the dark aren't all that different, we, we did get a lot more... But, we did get a much more sympathetic view of the, the light faith and the dark faith. So I, I do actually like that they've humanized, <laughs> humanized the Morgan, both literally and figuratively. And it made her more of a relatable character. Yeah. And we don't hear so much of with the Pyrrhus story and the Wanderer story over the last, you know, season and a half. We, I don't think we hear as much about the divide and the war between the light and the dark. I think they will have to come together to figure out this common threat. I think that'd be a good storyline. 
I could definitely definitely see Ebony like having to align herself now that she's human with Bo because she like Ebony says to Lauren she's like well Bo loves humans so of course now Bo could have this new dynamic where she's like well now I have to protect her because now she's human like I don't want to but out of her you know greater sense of morals and such and that would allow Ebony to pull in some favors from other dark you know relationships she's had so again that's another way that that whole epic light and dark teaming up can very much work. Yeah, I feel like the Morrigan being turned human has the great potential to really tackle the fey-human divide in a potentially interesting way because we have a a character who I think, I I agree, I feel like even though she's been turned human, she would still want to fight to keep her position of power. And even to the point we're saying, so what if if I am human, I'm still in charge. And and what exactly would that mean for the, the humans in the Fae world if she were to sort of embrace that but still try to maintain a position of power in the Fae world? Yeah, I mean, that has been one of the fundamental differences between the light and the dark, their, their attitudes towards humans. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, yeah, and with Ebony having that understanding now, I mean, I can see for some fun scenes for a couple of apps of her... <laughs> Dealing with all those things, uh, we got very, we got a little of it, you know, but uh, not all of the uh, stuff that might be involved. It could make for a chuckle, but also, like you said, an understanding of what it is to uh, to make it uh, worthwhile. And and I love that idea that uh, you know, Bo now has to quote protect Ebony just like any other human. Right. Well, I think she'd do it, but very reluctantly. But I can see something happening where Ebony says, "Well, I'll help you." you know, get Kenzie or whatnot, but the deal is Lorna has turned me human after, or she has turned me back to Faye afterwards. So I can see her wheeling and dealing to get what she wants still. Yeah. We might even see Vex help. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's an interesting character where I, I feel like he's even more in the middle and ambiguous than he was previously from what we see of him in season four. Oh yeah. Yeah. He went from, you know, you know, bad guy to to you know mischievous guy to you know to best bud on the couch kind of guy. I mean, <laughs> drinking I mean, buddy guy. <laughs> yeah, not that I don't love the actor in the role, but you're right. He's kind of very honestly. When I think of him lately, it's like I think of him as being neutered. He can't do or isn't doing anywhere near what he used to do. And you left out foster father. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. we try to forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that one coming in the words you. of, of Munin. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> so speaking, speaking of the dark, something that I feel is still up in the air that they addressed at the very end of season four was the fact that, that Bo aligned herself with the dark. And we see her in, in Dark Horse. She takes her contract that says that she was aligned and she rips it up and, and says, you know, heck with this. And Dyson says, you know, basically, it's probably not that easy to just unalign herself with the dark. But I'm curious how y'all think they might deal with Bo wanting to be unaligned, but still maybe technically being aligned with the dark. Do you have any? Do you have any ideas, Dave? Well, you know, I I think it comes back to the fact that everybody perceives her to be the one. And uh, if that gets established fairly early on in season five, she's the new boss. And I, I can see that. On the other hand, we, we've seen both the light and the dark steeped so much in tradition that, you know, like it was just alluded, you, you can't simply rip up the contract and think it goes away. 
Yeah, is that is that going to somehow tie into the Kenzie story and who took her kind of deal? Yeah, I don't know though because I think I think the bow being aligned with the dark might come. Well, I think everything at first will become secondary to the quest for Kenzie storyline. But um, I I do agree with the idea, uh, Dave, that um, if she's the one or the queen, that kind of goes beyond the light and the dark because she's that powerful. And I think it's her relationship with her father that makes her that powerful. But it could also have the potential to, you know, make Bo, quote unquote, dark Bo permanently. And I think she'd lose herself. That's the temptation or the danger of her aligning herself with her father. So I don't know if the dark and the light and Bo being with the dark would matter that much if she becomes as powerful as the storyline hints that she could be. Yeah, I agree completely. I feel like Bo's going to be like, no, I'm unaligned. And everybody else is like, oh, okay, Bo, yes, you're you're unaligned. And then she, like, walks away and they're like, she's totally dark. Like, <laughs> I feel like everybody's, like, still going to keep protecting her. And they're just, like, keep patting her on the back like a child. Like, she kind of acts like sometimes. And they'll be like, okay, you're unaligned. No, she's she's really dark. It's okay. Tearing up the contract does not did not do that. Like, if you tear up your birth certificate, you're still alive. There's just not a record of it. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> now she could yeah, also like, she could also play the uh, I, I did it under duress card as well. Mm. Yeah, because I yeah. I still do wonder if we have all of the all of the information about what really happened between her and Rainer. But you know, we've talked about that in another episode in our podcast, so I won't go on <laughs> unless uh, unless people really want to talk about that. Well, my no. concern with it is that <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of us want to go, okay, that was season four. Let's move on. Let's move I just, on. Yeah, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I'd rather not see any flashbacky things that show other. Let's just, everybody's entitled to a mulligan. Let's just move forward with season five. <laughs> you know, because I, I do I do want to see that that team environment that, you know, very much come together again and, and uh so th- that's why this is a very delicate line for those writers to walk with Kenzie now, but being there and, and still having to deal with the whole Bo's father thing. Um, and you said it, Stephanie, too. I, I don't want to see Bo separate again for a good part of this season idea, whether figurative or metaphorically, you know, that idea. I do want to see them all supporting her and working uh, together on it. But, uh, you know, it, it definitely could. I can definitely envision that scene of, of uh, Tamsin being the one to tell her. Like you said, yeah, you ripped it up. Good luck there. You still owe this, this, and that to the dark, and you know they're going to come and, and uh, expect payment. Though I do like this idea that some people are hinting at was that maybe Bo could somehow. Maybe this isn't what you're applying, but because I guess for me, from the beginning of the series, where I thought it might be heading, it seemed kind of likely to be heading. Besides showing us Bo's origins, was also tackling this light dark divide, and maybe even having Bo end the light dark divide. And it, perhaps this that's the way she deals with being aligned as and doesn't want to be as she, you know, takes up a cause to end the, the dark, dark, the, the light, dark divide. But I don't know. Do people think that's possible? Do you do you want to see that? Well, I think it could go either way because she and the gang could go and rescue Kenzie and she'd have to need help from Ebony and Vex and, you know, through defeating the Parapus could... Um, and the light dark divide or some some storyline like that or you know bo could be bo being the one could mean that she destroy everything therefore dis- destroy the light dark divide by default because she's that powerful and destroys everything around her but 
you know, that's the that's what I think is um, that's what I think the evil means when it's Purpose is the evil is that you know he could uh, give Bo the power to just wipe all the Fey out. Right. Of course, what would be the motivation to that? But but I I do agree with you. I I, I think that would be something that's entirely likely to happen as we get to episode 16 especially since we know there's no season six and i think it would be an acceptable way to end the series well i don't mean that Bo would have i don't think Bo has conscious choice you know when she goes and her eyes go blue and lauren has to bring her back that the dark Bo, you know you mean? The, yeah the dark bow i think if something like that were to happen or where Bo would you know become that powerful and start destroying both sides of the Fae that um, Bo wouldn't consciously have that choice. She'd do it under the influence of the Pyrrhus. That's what I'm implying. Because that that's the danger of the Pyrrhus, I think, is to you know, make Dark Bo um, more powerful than uh, she wants to be, to destroy everything that she knows. So, But maybe that's the aim of the Pyrrhus. We don't know what the heck the Pyrrhus wants. We just know that he's evil. What does he want? Does he want the Fae to exist? Does he... You know, what does he want with Bo? So we still don't know what's up with that. Well, well, the other thing we've been finding out is that Trick maybe isn't the man we thought he was. Mm. And as her grandfather, I, I mean, look, I, I don't think we're, we, we would say that Trick is evil, but he certainly did some questionable things in his past. That was something I really enjoyed in season four was to see more of what trick was like back when he was the blood king and i'm very curious to see where this leaves trick in regards to his relationships with everybody else in season five because it's it seemed like you know people were confronting him on some stuff and he was being kind of mean to to kenzie to tamsin so so yeah i'm very curious to see more of 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 trick in season five and and maybe even more of that darker place in him how about you jessica yeah, I agree because it's like he we know that he can, you know, rewrite history. We know that he's able to suppress his own memories. And it's like if he banished this one dude to a train, you know, did he ban the did he banish the Pyrrhus as well? Like how many people is Trick like just banning to other planes of existence? And what all has he made himself forget? Um, while I was originally watching season four, I was starting to think I was like, I don't know, is like is Trick possibly part of this Pyrrhus? Like, could he, perhaps, and this is probably a very unpopular theory, but could he have, like, divided himself somehow into, like, two parts almost and kept his one, like, better self in one place and then have this other darker part of himself as a new entity, like, in another place? that's out there but i like it i know i'm sorry it's so I like, weird like i started to come up with this ridiculous dark like conspiracy in my mind one day i'm like oh my gosh what if this is almost like twin peaksy and they take this like really ridiculous route like and i'm like and they're not and they're obviously with the whole like ebony and massimo thing we've they've shown that they're not opposed to incest so i mean tamsin did say that you know the wanderer whoever it is would you know, the Dark King would create his his perfect queen. So I'm like, ah, what if it's just because Aoife didn't work out and so now he's going to go after Bo, but it's like this other section of himself. See, I, I feel like this is the theories that come out of a really long hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> like, certainly that's not what I want to happen, but I'm like, this could be a possibility. I don't know. <laughs> Leaving all my options open. I'm going to the extremes. I was going to say, now, one thing with all of this 
fun conjecture that I don't want I don't want to see happen is that all of this mythology part and all these different possibilities totally outweigh the character relationships of mm. what I thought Lost Girl was and, and still is. But you know what I'm saying? Uh, knowing writers and it's a last season and you want to go epic, you know, it's it those storylines aren't what's made Lost Girl Lost Girl to me. So I'm hoping we still keep some of those genuine character moments and, and character bits, Fay of the Week or Monster of the Week or whatever, that's fine. It doesn't, this doesn't need to turn into, you know, 16 episodes of, uh, you know, uh, Life on the Edge. So I'm just, it's good. I'm afraid that they are going to try to bring a lot of this in and that could just outweigh that part of things. I'm, maybe I'm just paranoid though. I don't know if other people. Have that no. bring the par- bring the paranormal hot investigators back. Come on, guys. <laughs> that can be the light episode. Yeah, yeah. No, but I I, I know what you mean, Kevin. I think that uh, it's yeah. You don't want it to be too bogged down in you know mythology or one storyline even. Um, but hopefully, I I trust the writers mostly that they'll still have the characters um, come first. Yeah, because Kevin, I mean, like at the end of the day, the show's lost girl. It's it's about Bo's search for her place, and while she's certainly come a long way from the pilot episode four four or five years ago, she's still not there yet. So yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, it's got to be about the characters, and, and again, like all of us, I'm sure, have said many times in our podcasts, it's about the characters, it's about the relationships, and without that, everything else doesn't matter. Well, that's why yeah. Bo's going to find Kenzie in the first place, you know, because she is the heart. So that's that's what matters. I most. thought you were going to say Bo will find Kenzie in the first episode. Everything will be great the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> well, that way we'd get more Docubus sets. <laughs> Which we'd better dang, dang well have. It's very disappointed. I mean, I've, I've gotten a little jaded because, unfortunately, some genre shows that I love that have had final seasons in the last few years, in my opinion, have not gone well. They've tried to get way too big picture and mm-hmm. epic and all these other things, and they've gone away with what those shows did so well, which was the character bits. So I do trust the Lost Girl writers, but it's a concern. I'm, I'm right there with you, Kevin. I'm, I'm concerned as well because even though I do have, I guess, hopes for some closure to what I thought was maybe – the big story arc that they were starting to tell by at the beginning of the series. I don't want them to just get lost in that. And it's just about, you know, just about that rather than seeing the characters we love interact with each other. Again, I, I have faith that we won't lose those character moments, but I am worried. So I'm, I'm there with you. No, I was just going to say, do we know who some of the writers are going to be? I mean, Emily Andres, is she going to do any writing for season five? Yes. She's at least written one episode. She wrote the second episode, I believe. We've got Michael Grassi, of course, because he's the new showrunner. There's Alexandra, Alex Zerwarni. <laughs> I have trouble saying yeah. her name. I think Jeremy Boxen is coming back. And I think Steve Cochran is coming back. But okay. I'm iffy on those last two. Well, then I'm with Kevin. I'll, I'm going to put my trust in them. There's, oh, another, there's another writer who's new who's, uh, I can't remember her name at the moment, but maybe I'll find it later. No, I think um, my only concern when it comes to the writing is that some because there's the wanderer and the Pyrrhus storyline. I mean, I personally want that wrapped up sooner rather than later because I do want it to go. You know, I do want more character moments, and you know, they'll probably start another arc for season five. But I don't want that to take up the whole, 
you know, script and forget about these uh, characters and their relations, which is kind of what I thought happened with some of the misfires in season four. Um, so where it was just too wrapped up in the wanderer and whatnot. So, although we do see in season one where the overall like plot sort of for season one was that Bo wanted to find her mother, and we still had those nice like you know, case of the week episodes, because that was moving towards new information. Like, I think it would be nice Mm -hmm. if they did that with this season, if they were like, okay, so in order for her to get this information about her father, like she has to go do this case for these people and stuff kind of like they did in the beginning. And I think it would be kind of interesting to see if they like opened with trying to find out who mom is and then closed with trying to figure out who dad is. It does kind of bring the whole family thing like full circle if they do end it that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with Annie in that I, I almost wish that they wouldn't tackle the Bo's father things, but they have to. Like this is what this is what they've set out the show to be is is exploration of Bo's origins and the father card has been such a question since the beginning. So I know they have to, but I'm almost like really okay, just quickly. <laughs> I just I just wish they'd make it clearer because it's still so many questions left over from season four and nobody knew what the heck was going on with Rainer and the Pyrrhus and everything because. I think the scripts were so muddled around some points and, um, you know, it got really confusing for the audience. So I'm hoping there's less of that in season five. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be happy if some of these epic stories that we've just mentioned end up getting a little bit glossed over and solved mm-hmm. in a fairly simple way. I, I, I'll hand wave that if we stay to the core of the characters. You know, I mean, I mean, you just have to go back to a show like Lost where there were hundreds of mysteries that never got solved. But, you know, so let's not. Let's not get a little too caught up in trying to tie all of them together, at least to, to hope. And, and the fact that they've all already been written and shot, uh, there's no adjustment going to happen if fans love or hate the first you know, eight yeah. episodes. There I will know. be no adjustment. <laughs> so i uh, got to give them props for having already done that. And, and as fans also realizing that uh, we, we can't feel like our input is going to in some way have any impact on what the final act is going to be. I know, but some fans still think so on Twitter, and I'm like, you guys, it's done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's going to, I think that might be hard, is because we're all used to being very active in those discussions and having to realize that it's it's a done deal already. And it might be epic. We might all absolutely love it. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be too paranoid, but I do want to have that emotional feel uh, that I'm watching Lost Girl and I'm loving Lost Girl. Uh, without this having to be, you know, a grid like Lost was to understand where all the storylines come together. Right. Well, they do have to leave some room for the movie. Yes, because there's yes. going to be a movie. There will be. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> I, I'm still remaining hopeful about that. I know the show's ending. I'm fine with that, but I want there to be a movie. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like like everybody's calling for another season or a movie or whatever. I'm like, let's just wait and see how they end it. Because if they end it in a really good place, if they go out really well then I'd rather have them do that than try and, like, cram in some other story into a movie or whatever, you know? But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but if they end it and it's not, like, you know, everything tied up well, I'm like, then I would be like, okay, we need more, we need closure. That's fair. That's fair. Well, without being spoilery, and I, and I won't be, I mean, I don't know how many of you folks here on the podcast are fans, uh, are fans of Supernatural. Clearly they did not get my dead is dead memo. <laughs> well, the, also that that the, the idea that we're uh, you're touching on that idea of let's see what season five brings because that was a show where if it had ended at the end of season five, 
that could have been one of the most epic stories ever on TV. But that was the TV model where it was too popular and we had to keep it going and then some air went out of the balloon. So I would love more Lost Girl. I totally understand the idea of trying to, you know, keep it going, get it back, do a movie or whatever. But also there, there would be some nice, if they hit the right beats emotionally and we get some story stuff, I can be fine with it ending at the end of number five, uh, going off in the sunset or whatever. So, But it's so much going to depend on what they do. And, and I'm afraid I'm just too emotionally attached to it to, to be able to look at that, you know, the right way. So we've, ta- we've mentioned several times, and just, just to be clear, in case people weren't aware, you know, the, the last season is going to be 16 episodes. It's going to be split into two halves, eight episodes to air starting in, in, on December 7th on Showcase in Canada. And then the remaining eight sometime in fall 2015 is the most specific date we've gotten so far. And the show, the season was originally a 13-episode order, and then they added three to make it a 16 episode season. And like we mentioned, we don't know exactly when in the process that happened. They've been very tight lipped on production as they usually are. And, and Kevin, you, you had mentioned a, a question of like, you know, since they did add these three episodes, do, do we think that this is going to, how do we think this is going to affect the story? Is it going to be real, really well thought out from the beginning or will they feel tacked on? Yeah, and that's a big concern that they already had the epic story idea for the 13-episode block. So all they were able to do is maybe mess with you know episode number 13 to turn it into 16. I mean, that would be the nature of TV. Uh, so I do have a, uh, a concern that we're going to see a story kind of hitch around the 13th. And then we get a few things, uh, again, as other shows have done, uh, you know, a little bit of a tack on that just looks... Uh, so different than what you had before. I don't know. I think, um, well, I think certainly the production had more advance uh, notice than we did. But, I mean, if you figure that, depending on when they write scripts and stuff, even if they have an arc, a loose arc for, you know, episodes 1 through 13, but, you know, we knew that it was the last season, what, beginning of April, and they didn't stop shooting until October. So you figure they had ample time to make good enough adjustments if they did just get three tacked on. So hopefully I think they would have smoothed it over enough. I don't think it's anything like season two, or correct me if I'm wrong, they found out about those back nine pretty late, which is why some of those filler episodes don't work as well for me in the middle of season two before the storyline with Agruda ramps up again. But um, so I don't I don't know. I think they had more ample notice this time to smooth over and any, you know, season or to smooth over any overlying arcs of episodes one through 13 versus one through 16. Because even if they, you know, had had scripts, I don't know. You know, I just don't I think they had ample time to write work on scripts more, you know, several months. So. Hopefully, it's not like, oh, you've got two months, but so hopefully, I I have faith that hopefully they planned it out well enough. I'm wondering if what they'll do is that those last three episodes will be, if maybe not all of them, but a couple of them at least, will be the closing story arc for for the series. Like maybe the... First part is dealing with leftover things from season four. We get some fun case of the week stuff there. 
in the middle and then they kind of ramp up toward the end of the season at the end of with the last three episodes maybe yeah i can see that happening yeah the other thing i I, you just made me think about do we want to see maybe the a a two-hour finale with the episodes 15 and 16 running the same night well i'll take it either way just because i know how many is left but that'd be kind of cool to have a two-hour if if they're going to be doing like a nice epic story that is working, I'd, I, with Lost Girl, love the week between because I think it's a lot of fun for the fans to be talking some stuff up. So I, if it's it not is, fun, uh, it's torture, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what he meant. Yeah, I made mean, it sound so much fun. Uh, well, it's I mean, fun that's to watch it, Annie sweat is what. He I, well, yeah, I like. You know, it is to me the interaction. Yeah, those conversations with fans, stuff like that, you know, it it makes the show to me richer. Yeah, there's a hurt part to it. I mean, uh, I I still go back to the the end of this season because of so many friends I have in the U.S. who didn't get to see it till two months later. So I'm literally biting my lip for two months, not answering questions. So, um, yeah, if it's a big epic story, then yeah, I might enjoy having them together because I want to roll right into it. But if we do pull back a little bit to a little more. Um, layback storytelling. Uh, you know, it's it's if it's the end, man. I want to savor it a bit. So jumping back a little bit to when we were talking about Tamsin earlier, another really curious piece of what she says at the gates of Valhalla in in Dark Horse is she she says, you know, Kenzie's gone, and then she tells Dyson something to the effect of Bo can't find the other Hell Shoe, and we do have this dangling plot thread of the Hell Shoe where Bo has Bo is one of them, right? She has one of them, and then the other one is missing. So I, I kind of think that that's going to be a big piece of the beginning of the season is that quest for the Hell Shoe. But what are people's thoughts on that? Why do we think Tamsin says Bo shouldn't find it? Do you have any have any ideas, Jessica? Yeah, I'm. I go back and forth on this one a lot because I'm like, I could see, especially with Kenzie being gone, and I think this would be interesting if they left Kenzie gone for longer, because Kenzie and Lauren are really those only ties that she has left to her humanity. Mm. So I think that it'd be interesting if it's like, you know, she suddenly, you know, embraces this darkness and, and you know, goes for that because she doesn't have these humans, like, grounding her like they used to. You know, she's just, um, in the end of the season, when... Lauren says that she was able to turn Ebony human. I'm like, like season one and even season two, Bo would be like, great, turn me human. You know, like I never wanted this life. This wasn't what I wanted. I want to be happy and have a white picket fence. But she didn't even say anything when Lauren said it. She was just like, oh, you know, there was nothing about wanting that. So I think that we're going to see maybe like a dark bow. And if we get that hell shoe, maybe Tamsin's warning was that that it would turn her dark. Like we saw what it did to Flora, you know, and she wasn't, it, the shoes didn't accept her or whatever. So I'm like, if the shoes did accept Bo, you can imagine like what kind of carnage and chaos could ensue that way. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. Exactly. I think it's a tool to make Bo go even darker and that would have the pure, make the purpose have more influence on her to mm-hmm. come to the dark side or whatnot. And, um, I just, if you guys listen to the podcast about that episode, 407, it's just, I'm just lamenting that the uh, hell shoots are so damn ugly. So, it's too bad. 
They're called hell shoes, Annie. They're called hell shoes. I know, but they're this ugly burlap sack of a shoe. And I'm like, it couldn't have made the production design, couldn't have made them look any better. But unfortunately, she'll still be looking for that ugly ass hell shoe. So we'll see what happens. They're like Tom's. I'm sure they're super comfy. Yeah. Yeah. They don't look great, but you know. They don't look comfy. I don't know. How about you, Dave? Do you Uh, have any thoughts on the hell shoes? Kevin, they're talking about shoes. <laughs> and we're letting them. That's a good uh, point. That's a good point. Unless we don't. <laughs> uh, now, Dyson had one of the shoes, right? Or he had left it with uh, a bartender. Yeah, he. They had uh, one that they angel. found behind his his boxing belt, his championship belt, and then he gave the other he one to Angel, round. the shift, the shifter. Right. So that's the one that we're looking for. Exactly. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I certainly would agree that that I think at the at some point Bo's going to end up with both of them, and I'm, I'm not sure which of you just used the word carnage, but we certainly could see that. Um, you know, I, again, going out there, you know, Jess, you had your wild uh, wild theory, <laughs> yeah. and, and 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 this yeah. is mine in that we all have this expectation that that once she amasses all of this power all of the you know being the one that we just assume she's going to use it for good you know we may see some you know i still think we're going to see a point especially since we've got 16 episodes i think we're going to see a point in season five where Bo struggles with good versus evil and that that the evil side for whatever reason i don't know how it's going to happen but that it's going to have a pull on her that it's going to be a struggle. Yeah, that's what I think would happen potentially if she gets that much power. Like she could start destroying things and not even realize that she's doing it because she's under the influence of or her conscious side or her quote unquote good side. But, uh, you know, she could just start cutting down, sucking chi out of people left and right because uh, she's, you know, the queen. So, yeah, it could really uh, be disastrous. If she gets hold of that much power. How about you, know, you Kevin? Can, thoughts on the shoes? Well, I can also see a possibility where if they are going to be that powerful, and, and Tamsin's just reaction is, well, Bo, or maybe for that matter, anyone shouldn't have this, the, the second one. Um, Bo being in a place where she's trying to get Kenzie back and thinking that if she does get all that power, maybe she can use it to somehow um, either get Kenzie back or get through the people who might have taken her, as Tamsin told us. So again, good intentions that go horribly wrong. And that's the way that we somehow get Kenzie back to, quote, you know, bring her best friend uh, back from the dark side. Hmm. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that from the beginning when they were introduced, Bo assumed that they were for her, which automatically made me think, wait a minute, why do you... Th- think that maybe they are not and i've actually always wondered if it wasn't kenzie who was meant to wear the hell shoes so Mm -hmm. i'm i'm wondering if they might be a key to getting kenzie back from the dead that i like (laughs) kenzie does like her shoes even ugly ones i suppose so uh of course these have no heels I know. It's It's true. They're not really her style. But but we haven't, I I need to go back and rewatch the Fea Pope more carefully, but I feel like we haven't gotten a great sense of what the shoes are supposed to do besides the fact that they're, they're very sought 
after and, and perhaps yes. convey some power, but we've only seen what they've done when they've been put on the feet of the wrong person. Because going from these are these knots aren't, aren't so much from mythology, they're from they're from history. They were in Scandinavian cultures put on the feet of the dead so that they could walk into into the afterlife. So we don't really have a great sense of what they're actually meant to do, I feel like, but I, I do wonder if maybe they might be key to bringing Kenzie back. Well, yeah, that'd be kind of interesting. You have to put them on Kenzie's feet so she can walk out of Valhalla or wherever she is. Yeah. She's going to be like, Bo, they don't have heels. These are ugly. Why do I have to put these on? She's going to be like, shut up, Kenz. Just put them on. It's the only way I can get you out of here. Just put them on and repeat after me. There's no place, no place like, like home. home. Click those There's heels no place together. like home. Yeah. No, because like that's, you're right. We, I didn't think, and I wasn't sure if I'd missed a, a, a more detailed description of why they're God awful kind of idea. So uh, I can see. <laughs> Besides the fact that they're made of burlap, Annie. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's shoes in disguise. That disguises their power. That they're so ugly. They're like, oh, nobody would think twice to bring up these shoes. It, it was their long game because they just wanted Kenzie to have a shoes joke. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what it all was. Yes. They just wanted Kenzie to have to put them on and her to be like, I'm not wearing those shoes. They're yeah. ugly. I'm all for coming back to life, but not in those things. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to have some style, please. (laughs) Give me my shoes from original skin, please. Then I'll walk out of here. (laughs) But since we're talking about about Kenzie and where she... We're coming back from somewhere. I, I guess getting into a little speculation, I maybe it's not quite speculation, but I've always wondered if we might not see that Kenzie has been redirected somewhere else. I think that's been implied but if the leviathan might play a, a part of in, in the story of where kenzie ended up because she was in a different kind of after what life realm she was in urkala and but she and destiny's child she and Bo have that exchange about you know see you soon because somebody you love is going to die etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm. i'd love to see her back i love that character yeah i mean that that story wise that's one of those ones that ties together really nicely uh, so you wonder if that's what they're going to use as a nice uh, jumping-off point to have us uh, have some place that we now know where she is. Right, and doesn't she say something about she was searching for that mark, uh, mm-hmm. referring to the handprint for like six hundred years or something mm-hmm. like that? So, which, as far as we know, Bo still has. But yeah, there's still questions about that mark, right? Because we thought it was maybe Rainer's mark, but then it's implies perhaps the Pyrrhus's mark. So. Yeah, I feel like there's still a lot of questions around the Leviathan, and I wouldn't be surprised if we saw her again. Bo could just put on the hell shoes and kick the Leviathan's ass, and that's how she gets Kenzie. So do we do we want to talk now a little about these things we've seen in the very scant amount of promotional material that's been released? Very, very scant. Sorry, I'm sad. Are you going to be okay, Dave? I'm, I'm great. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so has everybody watched the teasers? I should ask the teaser in the trailer. No. <laughs> okay. But that's I mean, okay. You can talk about it. Discuss, okay. discuss it vaguely and we'll do it. Well, yeah. they're very vague. I feel like... <laughs> they are vague, especially them. the teaser. Yeah. Uh, the teaser is pretty much just Bo walking around a very, very dark room talking to her father. It's like, okay, we're getting daddy issues. So this, this is what <laughs> I figured and this is what this is implying. So what... It, what yeah, it's, go, go ahead, Kevin. I'm sorry. I was going to say, it's, you know, we've all seen these 15-second teaser things that tell you nothing about the show that you love other than you're reminded you want it back. So... All it was doing was cementing that the daddy issue was going to have to be addressed to some degree this season. Beyond that, that's uh, I'm not seeing anything else. Not that I've watched it a hundred times in reverse or anything, but there's not much to it. 
And I got to say, I was kind of not terribly impressed with that teaser just production-wise. It kind of looked like they gave it to the the social media intern and was like, have fun with this. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Girl, really? It, it seriously had about two new seconds of footage. Yeah. And a couple of like, you know, ooh, weird filters on some old footage. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's it? That's yeah. all we get? That's all you get me? Jip, yeah. I've called Jip. Yes, exactly. But we we got more recently, a couple days ago at this point, we we got a trailer, which is a bit longer, but I don't think really gives us all that much more. It did seem to be emphasizing, which has been true since the beginning, the fact that all of the characters on the show really are lost. They have they have sections of the tra- of the trailer labeled, you know, lost girls and then lost boys. Uh, so perhaps we will That'll be a, th- a theme that it's suggesting is going to be featured very heavily in season five is that all of our characters are lost. But what was what was y'all's impression of the longer trailer? We can start with uh, you, Annie, if you want. Where's my docubus sex? <sighs> that was my impression. I, was, I don't know why I even asked. I was disappointed. <laughs> but no, there were some little juicy uh, tidbits of, ooh, look at that costume. Ooh, look at that one. Ooh. I like that part. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, it, it it looks like there's little glimpses. I'm like, oh, that's a new character. Oh, who's Tamsin talking to? Okay. Uh, and there's some really awesome shots. So, yeah. Was Tamsin actually talking to anybody? I just remember. Well, it's not talking, great... but she was facing a new character. And I'm like, oh, that's someone we okay. haven't seen. Yeah. One of my favorite shots of the, the trailer, though, was was of Tamsin, where she's just like laughing maniacally and destroying something. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that is yeah. so Tamsin. <laughs> it, was, it was great. With an axe. Yeah. Nonetheless, just an axe. Now, what about the, didn't we also get some footage from, was it Fan Expo or something that was like, not officially released, but fan, you know, recorded yeah. the thing. I, I had, um, yeah, I was referring to that trailer earlier where that really looks like a, what do you call it? Um, kind of like more of a standalone Fay of the Week episode. The gang has to go into some place undercover, and it, it was really funny. It was, it was funny really funny. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely so. emphasizing the humor, I think, to, yeah. you know, the kind of stuff you'd find entertaining but i found it interesting that that was up on youtube and then it was gone <laughs> yeah. yeah it's still there i watched it the other day oh did you okay it, right. yeah. they tried to ask people get people not to post it but some folks did so yeah it is still it's just, it it is still available if you can if you can find it's it all over tumblr yeah those cop yeah. doc fans are crazy they oh, are let's, let's not call them <laughs> in that. a good in a good way but it's yeah Hey, we Docubus fans are just as nuts. But yeah, I thought that one was also kind of suggesting that Tamsin would step into that Kenzie role Mm. in in season five, at least some of the time, because it seemed like Bo and and Tamsin were very much kind of paired up going into, I think they were supposed to be going into a school together. And and so that was my big impression from from that. And it was very funny. Like, it was genuinely very funny. But as I guess since Annie has mentioned Docubus 20 times now, <laughs> the trailer, of course, I feel like, you know, it has to bring up the fact that Bo has these competing love interests and mm. kind of direct you away from the fact that it felt like at the end of season four, 
you know, Bo kisses Lauren before she goes into battle. So it seemed like maybe they were leaning more toward Bo and Lauren. But of course, in, in the trailer, we see her getting kind of sexy with Dyson and then uh. we see her choking Lauren. So, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, you know, they're not going to, they're going to try to misdirect people in of some course. way. So yeah. Yeah. I and don't then, know. Well, yeah. And I don't think, you know, I mean, a lot of people are complaining about, oh, why is the triangle still there? But I mean, at least the thing that I like the most character wise is that Lauren and Dyson have a respect for one another, even if they're both in love with Bo and Bo hopefully has got her head on straight now after the end of season four and can again, join with everybody in this singular quest to find Kenzie and that that sense of family and uh, working together will still hopefully hold true through the fifth season as they face whatever new threats, the Pyrrhus or whatever may come their way. So I think I'm more concerned with that. You know, I'm like, Bo's going to go off with Dyson or Lauren or whatever. Sometimes I'm just like, well, that happens. She's a succubus. It's kind of the center of the, it's kind of the point of the show, but so I try not to get too bogged down with, you know, what I see in a trailer. I agree. I was very happy to see the moment between Lauren and Dyson included in the trailer. Because that was, like, yeah. like Dave mentioned, that was a relationship I really liked seeing develop in season four. And I I'm, and I'm, was glad at the hint that we'd see more of it in season five. Yeah, I think as with most TV shows, you know, they, the promotions people, the, the trailer people obviously play the triangle. Uh, but once you're into a final season of a show, the people who are hanging around are the people who already love the show anyway. So I suspect they'll move away from that uh, fairly quickly to, to some other a common goal, some common way to see it. I mean, at, at this point, I don't think there's many people who are going to come on board to watch the show to wonder who she'll choose. Uh, I don't know, depending on what I see on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some people. But I, I think it's funny. The, like I said, I mostly trust the writers. I have you know, a lot of faith in them, but still that one little paranoid part of me is just preparing for she'll choose everyone. She'll choose no one and be with no one or everybody dies. So, you know, (laughs) that way I'm prepared no matter what happens. Do we even want to throw out a speculation of what we see as the final scene of the show? Uh, no, (laughs) (laughs) that's why I said I'm trying to prepare my heart for every contingency. (laughs) I would like it to be Bo and Kenzie sitting on a couch together eating cookies or ice cream. Popcorn. Or pizza. I Some kind want, of junk food. I just want them to have walls. <laughs> like for them to actually build up some walls in the in the clubhouse? Yes. Rather than have holes? Yes. Kenzie is in a mental institution and she's explaining her ridiculous dreams to Dr. Lauren. That's that's how it's ending, I'm telling you. Oh, if this <laughs> turns out to be in somebody's head. Uh, oh, that'd be so mad. No, 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 no. I'd no, be yeah. so mad. Everybody that comes on the show so far are just other patients and the orderlies are Dyson and Hale and like Ebony is like Nurse Ratchet and she just goes <laughs> to Lauren her doctor. We're flashing and, back to that first episode when she got drugged and it's just her in the hospital with all these crazy people in her head. No. Uh, that, that, that's going to be the that's going to be a bonus it. feature in the DVD set. <laughs> Alternate ending. But but Jessica, did you want to talk about Luke Billick? If that's how we say his last name. Sure. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Ever since I saw those those things popping up, and then he like edited his Twitter thing to say that he was going to be Mark, whoever Mark is on Lost Girl. I was like, wait, who are you? Are 
are you going to be Bo's dad? You're not another love interest, are you? Because my, my docubus heart can't take that. Because much like Annie, I'm like, docubus till death. That has to be endgame. That's, I don't acknowledge any other ships. Like, I'm like, Valcubus is not even a thing. So, so you're healthy about it, is what you're saying. Very open minded, I see. Although I'm not, I'm, I'm not like naive enough to think that it for sure will be endgame without there being like some like arrangement where like they have some weird big love style house situation with like Dyson next to them or something or somebody else entirely. But but going back to to Luke Billick, yeah, he started popping up on Twitter a lot in pictures that mostly Rachel Scarston posted. It was like him and and Paul Amos in some pictures as well as just pictures of him. And I did see glimpses of him in the trailer that that they released. There's one shot of him in the doll with Vex. And then there was another shot of him. It looked like he was being menaced by some lady with a pointy tongue. (laughs) (laughs) So pretty happy to me, actually. Oh, he, you know, he, I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> that's not what happiness looks like to me, but may, maybe you're right. And, and so, yeah, it seems like he's going to be a fairly, fairly prominent character in the fifth season, but no clue who he is. Just that his name is Mark, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Although from I'm, that. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. You can no, go on. Some, sometimes I'm like, this is why I don't go on to IMBD or, well, yeah, I actually, I had seen his Twitters, but I was, I didn't know the character name. So I saw this last note here and I was like, what? Who is this new character? And sometimes I'm like, Lost Girl, is th- this last season has so many things to wrap up and so many uh, characters anyway because it's an ensemble show. And I'm like, no, I don't want a new character to take away from the screen time of everybody we care about. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, he even has it on his own Twitter uh, description, actor, Lost Girl, season five, as right. Mark. Right. So he's obviously playing it big. Yes. Whether, that, whether that's all a a big ruse. I mean, time will tell, but, but he did make it into the trailer. So twice. So that's, that's something. Yeah. Yeah, I am very curious to see what, what his role is going to be. Cause he's pretty young. I think the actor just turned like 20. He's only like 20, 21. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully he's not a love interest. That would be weird. (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully not his father. I mean, I know Faye or her father, I know Faye aren't supposed to age very much, but that would just be bizarre. Maybe he's just a snack for Bo. I was kind of wondering because I was looking through and well, I took the most recent teaser like at face value because it's very like next week on Mad Men and everything's out of context. So it's like, you don't know what's really going on. But it looked like he was like, like Vex like pounded his fist or something or was like moving his fist towards him and he stopped him with his hand without touching him. And I'm like, is this like Vex's long lost son or something? Is he not really the last Mesmer? Because, you know, they both have that whole like, you know, moving people's limbs sort of thing. And I was like, that that could be a possibility. I don't know. That, yeah, I mm. I hadn't yeah. noticed that, but that is, that could be interesting, though hopefully it won't stray into Massimo weird foster son territory. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, I was I was just thinking Ew. he was another. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, I, I didn't think he was a mesmer, but I thought just thought he was a different kind of fae that's more powerful than Vex and could stop him. So. Yeah, which would be yeah. notable. Yeah, yeah. Looks, he looks like a vampire to me. Yeah, he could become a sparkly vampire. I know. Moment, I that's why. Like. I, I mean, I'm sure the guy's yeah. great, but I'm just like, oh, we don't need boy toy people here. Yeah. We just he was. He had sparkly. the classic CW show look. Uh, I, I know. Say. I was like, ah, yeah. so. Yeah, but he from it, it, again he appeared mostly in pictures with Rachel Scarston and and Paul Amos. So yeah, I'm guessing he's more. 
I'm guessing he's going to be involved more in their storylines, but but who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Does anybody have any speculation they want to share before we wrap up that they're just dying to get out for weird theories? Well, I think I've gotten Jessica, all mine Jessica, you got out. anything else? <laughs> no, I know, right? I, I'm like the one who keeps coming up with all these ridiculous things. Nope. <laughs> I'm good. Well, thank you all so much for, for joining me for this roundtable. This has been a whole lot of fun. And let's, before we, before we say goodbye, we'll go around and we can remind people our names, our podcast names, and where they can, they can find our podcast. So why don't we start with you, Dave? Uh, my podcast is called Fatalist, um, and you can find it on iTunes. I've been doing it with uh, my friend Wayne since 2012. And then again, I'm Stephanie from Drinks at the Doll. And Annie, do you want to say hi one last time? I'm Annie. I'm also from Drinks at the Doll. And you can... How how long have we been doing this now? (laughs) A year and a half-ish. Yeah. Yeah. But you can... Not as long as as Dave. Dave and Wayne have been doing it much longer. But you can find our podcast, drinksatthedoll.com, or on iTunes and Stitcher and all those places. And you can find my stuff. This is Kevin. Uh, Our main site is at tuningintosci-fi-tv.com, where we talk about Lost Girl and many other shows. And I also uh, occasionally put out some special Lost Girl content uh, under the title The Fae Files. And I'm Jess, and I'm from Those Who Wander, and you can find us on iTunes. And my co-host Danny and I are actually pretty new. We only have nine episodes at this point, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, they're starting from the beginning. Yes. And they have kind of an interesting format, whereas Jess was a real fan of the show. And and your co-host is is kind of middling about it. Yeah, <laughs> but he's watching along and he's gay. So yeah, I get to put in all of my like fan stuff where I'm like, ah, it's wonderful, and then he's like, nope, nope, this is lacking in this, this, that, and the other, and I'm like, darn you for being like logical in this. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for for joining us. I hope people listening, you go check out other podcasts that you haven't heard before. We've got a great Lost Girl podcast community. And again, thank you so much for listening. 